Hello, and welcome to CarterCast, the Marvel's Agent Carter podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jesse, and today we're discussing episode 5 of Agent Carter, entitled The Iron Ceiling. Alright, so this is Jesse's first time on CarterCast, so Jesse, why don't you say a little bit about yourself to let people know. Hello, I study uh, film at Connecticut College. I uh, went there with Dan until he graduated last year. I'm graduating this year. Uh, if you want to see some of the stuff that I've made in terms of film and also music, you can check out thejesseedwards.com. Yeah, and he, Jesse has been a regular on Small Screen Justice, which is, this is a spinoff of where we cover Arrow, Gotham, and all the rest. Um, that is also true. Yes. <laughs> all right, so let's just get right into it. Basically, the way we do this, if you're new to the podcast, is we grade the episode, and then we do pros and cons about how Agent Carter did this week. So what did you think of the Iron Ceiling? I think that I'd agree with you that it's a, I'd give it a B plus. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give it a B plus, very close to an A minus. I, yeah. thought, I thought it was a really good episode. I, I agree. I think it was definitely solid and was uh, I was a little bit nervous last week. It, it wasn't bad last week, but I was kind of like, where is this going? We only have eight episodes total. And I feel like this really put a lot of stuff about Russia and that whole conspiracy in the forefront. And so I have I feel like I have a little bit closer of idea of where we're going. And we had some big reveals this week, but yeah. also great character stuff. So Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, um, so where are some of your pros here? One of the things that I really, really liked was that we got some time back with the Helen Commandos. Yes. Uh, yeah, I thought that Dum Dum Dugan was really fun to have in it. I liked that they threw in things like Pinky Pinkerton mm-hmm. and like some of the crazier named uh, Helen Commandos because they couldn't get all of the um, original actors back. Yeah. It was fun to have them back on the show. I thought that the chemistry, especially between Dugan and Peggy, was really, really important mm-hmm. to show that, that characters who actually know Peggy well, and especially from the uh, war days, have a yeah. tremendous amount of respect for her. Yeah. And yeah, so that it's not just Jarvis and Sousa who sort of like, you know, feel sympathetic and aren't like aren't sexist. Yeah. But like really uh, I think that Dugan's knowledge of Peggy from the war yeah. like really comes across that he like just utterly respects her and yeah. defers to her judgment. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, especially the fact that he defers to her as the leader, as the person that you should go to for advice on what to do. That I mean, that's yeah. a really big deal. Do you, I guess, legitimately as a question, do you think they're being a little bit too nice to the guys lately? Do you think they're making, because cause by the end of this episode, like, I like the development we get for Thompson, I like the development we get to do for Dooley, and we'll talk about that, but do you think that they're making everybody a little bit not sexist anymore? Like, is it believable to you, or? I don't think so. I think that it's important for the characters to have arcs, and I think that also, yeah. you know, Souza is gonna, like, from the promo for next week, he's mm-hmm. gonna come around and, like, and next week it looks like it's Hunt Agent Carter week, yeah, which is really interesting. So I don't think that it's at all being downplayed, especially last week's last scene with Thompson, where mm-hmm. you know it was shown like just how deep seated his sexism is, yeah, and, and like the fact that she had to go to such an extreme for him to have even the slightest bit of respect for her, and like just to invite her out for a drink. And even then, it's sort of like he's inv- he's not inviting her out as a woman. He's inviting her out as one of the guys. Yeah, I agree. so I think I think that the systemic sexism of the time that we're seeing, I don't think it's compromised. Yeah, I think it totally makes sense for Dugan to be so completely respectful of her uh, because of their uh, history, definitely, and also yeah. just the I got the sense in Captain America: The First Avenger that he would re- respect her 
Mm-hmm. Uh, at least her specifically. Yeah. No. Um, I, also, because you know she was a superior officer in the army. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it also is interesting. I feel like I want to go back and watch rewatch the first Avenger because I remember like she was very like nobody sort of really questioned her that much in that movie that she was definitely high regarded. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was that guy in that first scene mm-hmm. who was in the same who's in the same recruitment group as uh, uh, Steve as, Rogers, yeah. and she were like punched in the face yeah okay i remember this now so yeah. yeah so like it's seen that you know she earns the respect of the men through physical force basically but yeah so i i think that carter is one of the better okay. uh, better representations of like a, a masculine woman yeah which is like i don't think a negative thing to show mm-hmm. because that is a representation that isn't seen that often yeah well, um, so let's talk about a few of these. I have a couple pros that are specifically under gender representation. Yeah. Um, and if you have any cons you want to throw in there, let me know. But A, I liked just the little the little subtle thing of having the person teaching the Black Widows be a woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, I mean, there probably are other people too, but the only one we really, really got a focus on was the woman walking them, which I thought was cool. They passed the Bechdel test within like the first couple minutes with having her and Dottie talk. And then I wanted to talk about the scene where she's undressing, where Peggy's, you know, shanking into her gear, because I we had, I just watched Flash right beforehand, and there's the scene in Flash where Caitlin's undressing, and it's like yeah. very like hypersexualized or whatever. And uh, not only is this one, like, much more downplayed as far as her sexuality, but also it has a major story impact and is not just there so that you can go, ooh, it's, like, it's there for an actually really important moment. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I I think that's much better handled in this Mm -hmm. than it was in Flash. I think that Flash, because of its sort of commitment to being a comedic show, uh, sometimes it gets a little lowbrow. Yeah. I think that, Generally, it's very difficult to pull off a scene with a woman undressing herself where it's not titillating and just mm. sort of for that. And I think that there was definitely that. I think that's definitely part of the motivation for why the studio yeah. had them put in this scene in this way. But I, I don't think, think it was I, shot that way, though. Yeah, no, think, it, it didn't feel yeah. gratuitous. So I think that they did a good job. I, I'm sure that there was a studio imperative that they had to make uh, Peggy Carter sexy. Yeah. But I think that they did a good job of sort of adhering to that while making it totally make sense in the context of the show and also the fact that she was very assertive about changing in the men's locker room because yeah. of the practicality yeah uh and like admonishing the men for like being skeeved out by it i thought that was pretty well handled yeah totally agree with you do you have anything negative on that front you want to mention or uh, i'm not quite as like it's a totally good thing mm-hmm. that the uh widows are trained by a woman okay uh, particularly because we know that later it's gonna you know be baron von strucker is that the right guy that is one of the guy i don't know if that's him that's that's doing that though because th- he, he's that... a hydra he's a hydra guy and this is leviathan i don't know if it's the same organization um, or he's the guy in the um background in the avengers trailer yeah well yeah baron Vars, but he's like the new head of hydra oh he's like one of he, he works along yeah. white like whitehall and him he was like the whitehall over in europe right okay but in any case like the one thing that I, I think that there's something to be said about sort of like painting this group of evil women yeah but i think that with all the other representation on the show it's shown as another thing mm-hmm. and it's shown sort of more as a sign of strength than as a sign of evil femininity so yeah. i don't have a huge issue with it yeah i agree yeah. If, the, if the main character in this episode was thompson and peggy didn't exist and we had the black widows that might be a very different yeah. thing but but well, so what do you think about the black widows in general do you like this portrayal do you like this connection to the marvel universe 
Yeah, I think that this is a super interesting trail. I thought that especially the moment where uh, Dottie handcuffs herself to the bed at the end was super evocative. Mm-hmm. I thought that like the level of violence this show mm-hmm. uh, for, for the Black Widows, it wasn't like toned down. I thought that, yeah. that was really important, like the fact that one little girl kills another. Although that didn't really make sense to me. That you would get rid of a recruit. <laughs> that you'd get rid of a recruit. <laughs> yeah. Um, because like in Batman Begins... For example, you know, when they show that, like, he has to kill someone to be in the League of Assassins. Yeah. It's a guy who supposedly yeah. committed some crime. Yeah. But this it seemed like a huge waste of a ton of energy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I guess maybe you say only half of you actually get to go on as recruits and it yeah. makes them more cutthroat or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so but... presumably, yeah, presumably yeah. It's, it seems very Spartan. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I think that the Black Widow program... Showing it was really good, and I, I hope that the interest leads to a Black Widow movie. We'll see what happens. I really wish there was a way to get a Black Widow TV show. I mean, if this if there's one thing that this this show is proving to me is that Black Widow would have been a really good show too, because it's a very similar thing just in modern day. Yeah. So I wish there was a way. I doubt it, that will ever happen. But yeah, I mean, audience should know that Dan thinks that everything should be a TV show. <laughs> that is um, true. I think that they could make it a TV show or miniseries. Mm-hmm. I think that they could also make a really good set of a couple of movies, probably co-starring Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye, at least in one or two of them, and doing sort of a Born Identity type spy. I'm like, I'd be pretty surprised if that doesn't happen, like in Phase Four or something, when they're when they're starting to like, okay, we we've introduced everything basically, now we can just play with what we have. But I am. Do you think? I mean, do you think they're gonna wait so long that she's not gonna want to do it, or that she her star is gonna wane a little bit? Or, I don't really know. The thing that's really in the way right now is just that Scarlett Johansson is pregnant. Yeah. Um. But so I hope they do it. I fe- I'm starting to feel like if they haven't done it at this point, they probably won't. Especially because it seems like they're probably gonna start cycling through various casts. Yeah. Like various characters are going to be either killed off or leave the Avengers for various reasons. And they might come back cameos, but they're, they want this to become like a rolling thing. Yeah. And they, you can't, you can't just keep having Robert Downey Jr. In every movie because he's 50 now. Yeah. And he, he can't just be Iron Man until he's 75. I think in their minds, this is going to go on for like 20 years. Yeah. Because she hasn't had her own movie yet, that maybe that there's it's it's either gonna go she's gonna get killed off or she'll get her own movie in the next in the next phase. And if they're planning for it for the next phase, then I think they honestly made the right choice because I think everything that they're planning for this phase builds the universe really well. But if they're just planning on never doing it, then yeah, I have a bigger issue with that. It's but fun. getting back to Peggy Carter, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about Souza and how he actually, you know, we found out this big secret. I think that the continuation from where he colored in her hair uh, last week, yeah, to uh, this week with much more specific finding out about the bullet holes and like uh, you know looking forward and having all these considerations. I think that was, uh, I think it was a good move, and I yeah. think that it was a good parallel story for the main story, but it didn't take too much time away from the main story. And it is just so funny watching this, like, as a miniseries when you're thinking about, like, how, like, any other show this would take, like, a season or five seasons. <laughs> like, you know, Yeah, like... it's like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's that girl. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I'm, I wish that every show that existed, yeah. like, thought of each season as a miniseries. Yeah. Rather than, like, because multi-season arcs, like, they can work. Yeah. But ultimately, I'd much rather have much more condensed storylines mm-hmm. that, like, feel, like, very up to the minute. And, like, because I always feel it when they're dry- 
you know, yeah. drawing things out to like keep people interested over the course of several seasons. Yeah. And sure, you know, have in the finale have all the setup for the next mini series. Yeah. But I think that having each season sort of be a little bit self contained with opportunity for sequel, I yeah. think would be a much better model for people to take. It definitely depends. I think generally you're definitely right. I think something like uh, the first five seasons of Supernatural is a great example of how you do multi-season yeah. arcs where each season is like a big step towards the big, big finale. It's like little bosses leading to the big boss. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that, yeah, you can definitely do it right. But I agree that there are not that many shows that have have succeeded that way. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, the other thing, like, so I, I just have to know this. The difference between a soap opera and a telenovela in Mexico a soap opera is something that's expected to continue in, until it gets canceled. Yeah. Like most American TV shows. Mm-hmm. A telenovela, you go in knowing exactly how many seasons it's going to be. Yeah. So the whole arc of the entire show is known from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you say, okay, this is going to be a three-season show. You know, the first season we set up this, and the second season we set up this, and then the third season at least to this. And I think that that, ultimately, I think I'd be a lot happier if that was more of the model of American TV because there wouldn't be filler episodes, right? Yeah. Because they'd be like, this season is about driving to this. Uh, yeah. Because it's not like, what can we put out this week so that we still have that saved for next season or ne- yeah. next week? Well, even just look at, like, as much as I love Flash right now, we now are three episodes past the reverse Flash and he hasn't shown up again. Yeah. And it's just like, okay. Can you <laughs> imagine if uh, Flash was known to be only for one season? It would have, like, so much more would be happening. Yeah. It's really and true. it would be so much more driven toward a final conclusion, right? It's very episode of the week right now. Yeah. Very fun episodes, but yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, let's talk about Thompson. So this is probably his biggest episode yet. I noted, and then we were talking a little before we were recording, that uh, I, he looks weirdly like Grant Ward, and I yeah, assume looks, that has nothing to do with anything, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, he looks a lot... Uh, what's that actor's name? Brett Dalton? Is that what his name is? It's something Dalton. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, he does look a lot like Brett Dalton. I, I'm also very convinced that that is not on purpose, but <laughs> it did bring us to something about these shows, this and S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. um, that whatever other issues with representation they have, and we've talked about that a lot on Small Screen mm-hmm. Justice... Uh, with shield yeah they have done a pretty good job of having the sort of like the most morally corrupt people not not necessarily the most evil uh, most evil but like the people who you you know you want them to be good and then they turn out to be bad or like all the traitors and the good guys who have major issues like in terms of being good people yeah those have all been straight white dudes and i'm really on board with that like we have been getting more for Ward in terms of like backstory. And obviously in this episode, we got some backstory on Thompson. Yeah. But one of the things that we like, they're sort of defining characteristic for both of those characters is that, or for Thompson is that he's really sexist. And for mm-hmm. Ward, it's that he's got this like really twisted mentality about what's right. Yeah. As opposed to someone like Deathlock, who's forced into a situation and uh, he, you know, is being held captive for a really long time because of his son. And when, yeah he gets the chance he comes back to the right side mm. and like even though he like goes pretty pretty over the deep end it's much more uh, much more sympathetic story so i'm very on board yeah. with that aspect of the race representation in these shows 
Yeah. Yeah. As far as Thompson goes, I think that I, I'm really glad at how much they're giving him because mm-hmm. I, some of my issues the first couple episodes were even though I was I was on board for all the sexism and stuff, but it made it so almost all the guys in the office felt like the same character, and I I, I, I actually kind of want to go back and look and see see who said what because I don't remember who said what things in the first few episodes. Yeah, and and, I, and, and like we talked about this back when this show was on um Small Screen Justice, or, or maybe we just were talking about it. Yeah. But I definitely could keep the characters part in my head i totally uh, had it so i don't know if that's uh, so you know people leave a review or a comment or get at us on twitter about whether you think that the uh, the characters in the office are pretty interchangeable or if they're uh, distinct enough in the at least early episodes. on i, I definitely yeah, i definitely yeah. don't feel that way now I, I like his backstory i i am a little nervous because Nari had mentioned she read people were already shipping him and peggy in like episode two and i was like that's ridiculous and now it feels like it's might more of a possibility, and I guess don't want to see that. Yeah, there was that line that uh, Dooley had about him having a crush on Carter, and I it was hard to tell whether that was just completely sort of a throwaway line or mm-hmm. if he actually knew something. I feel and like he I, does. I, I, yeah. I, okay, so what I think would actually work out pretty well would be him uh, making an advance and her just uh, completely shutting him down. Yeah. Um, and like saying, you think just because I you know expressed sympathy for you in this moment. Yeah. I'd want to be with you. You've been absolutely horrible to me for years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there was just a couple uh, other things we wanted to talk about, um, and especially like we were talking about Dooley just now. I-, I liked, and I know that you also appreciated that he's treating his job very uh, seriously to be about getting to the truth. He has that whole conversation with Jarvis where he's saying like, there's three sides to every story. There's your side, my side, and the truth. And I want yeah. to find out what the truth is. Definitely. Um, so we'll see. Uh, where he goes with it, but I, I think that his characterization was definitely improved upon in this yeah. episode compared to like even one or two weeks ago, where he's like, "It's all Howard Stark's fault. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Krasinski died because of Howard Stark, and I'm not going to rest until Howard Stark is yeah. you know lying on a slab in a morgue." Yeah, so many shows would could easily have had the entire time all the all the guys are just idiots and cannot succeed at anything and are, but but the fact that they're smart makes the fact that he outsmarts them all the more notable so yeah. I, I really appreciate because yeah, it's not that they're bad at their jobs it's yeah just, it's just a step ahead yeah and also like just the fact that they're having character arcs makes them more relatable which also makes their like sexism and negative aspects mean that much more because yeah. You know, it's easy to hate a villain like the Red Skull. He was just like, I'm a Nazi and I hate everything and I want to destroy the world. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when it's Dooley or Thompson, it's like these guys are, you know, working for, you know, supposedly the greater good. But they have these horrible, horrible beliefs. Yeah. And it's hard to know what uh, you know, how to deal with that. Yeah. And that's true in real life. You know, like not every sexist beats his wife and not every uh, racist is in the clan all right um just as far as cons go um i don't have a ton really i did think that a couple of the shots it's mostly just like when Dottie was like going around her apartment the peggy's apartment there were a couple moments that lingered a little too much to me and it made her feel a little bit too i'm crazy super villain blah like yeah i wasn't it, like overall i think she's good and i'm excited about her role and everything but yeah but there were like she was like looking around really intensely i was just like okay <laughs> yeah i wish that she she does seem to be so thoroughly brainwashed that it's yeah. hard to relate to her as a character yeah but hopefully that'll change next week yeah yeah, and we both also had slight, like, very minor issues with the pacing yeah. um, of the episode. There was, at, at one point, I specifically remember, like, thinking to myself, what's happening with the Black Widow characters? But, of like, a minute or two later, they got to it. So, 
Yeah. I would like not to have those thoughts mm. at all. Like when I'm watching a show, is I don't want to be like, I feel like this is not following through in what it's set up. Yeah. But it really wasn't that bad though. All right. So before we end out, let's just say a little bit briefly about the Daredevil trailer, which released today. And I think we have very different opinions on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally going to give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think that it has the potential to be a really, really great show. Mm-hmm. This trailer did not convince me of it. I, am not super on board with Charlie Cox as Daredevil. Really? Um, yeah, I'd, his whole persona wasn't as uh, compelling to me. To, to be honest, like, uh, we haven't talked about this on the show yet, but yeah. uh, we recently watched uh, the 2003 Daredevil film, mm-hmm. uh, and I was really pleasantly surprised by it, by how much I actually did like it and thought it was not a terrible movie at all. Yeah. And uh, I actually, I personally really liked Ben Affleck's Daredevil, yeah, and and especially his Matt Murdock, and I, w- we'll see what ends up happening with this show, and of course you know it's a show and not a movie, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, but I'm a little bit apprehensive about it. Um, so that's interesting because I was actually I felt the opposite because I, I I when I had seen like a couple like images and stuff of him, I was like I don't really know that I like his look, but then seeing him in motion and acting, I thought okay, I'm I'm on board with this look. And I thought that his his monologue was very well done. I was honestly completely super on board with this trailer. I'm really excited for this show. And it, it just, it felt like, I'm sure, and I, I do hope, like, I showed it to my dad, and he's like, I hope there's at least some lighter moments. But I think there will be. I think this was just really about setting up the main tone is, this is very different from what Marvel usually does, and I really appreciate that, because... We have a lot of things that are the same right now, especially for Marvel, and I like what they do, but I'm ready for something to take itself a little bit more seriously. Yeah, Um, I I, I sort of have the same thoughts. Just watched a review of the, on IGN, of the Ant-Man trailer and how serious the Ant-Man trailer is. Yeah. With like a few moments of, uh, sort of very minor moments of silliness, but Ant-Man is a really silly property, so it's like surprising that the trailer is that serious, and what they thought was that, they're trying to pull people in who aren't necessarily completely on board with superheroes generally who think of yeah. them as being really silly. So the first trailer is to make it seem like you should really take this seriously. It's going to be a serious show. It's going to have cool action and, you know, be dark and gritty. And yeah. then probably the next trailer will have uh, more of the actual tone of the show, whatever that might be. Yeah, well, cause, so the thing is, because so we recently also got the Fantastic Four trailer, which was also <laughs> super, super, like, gritty and whatever and serious. Uh, the thing that's different for me between Ant-Man and Fantastic Four and Daredevil is that I don't see how you can ever really... Like, the properties of Fantastic Four and of Ant-Man are both so innately silly that, like, you see that trailer and then and then the title comes up of Fantastic Four. It just doesn't... It, it's a disconnect there for me. Same thing with Ant-Man. Like, you have a super serious trailer that ends on a joke about his name and how so silly the name yeah. is. And it, that doesn't work. Daredevil... I did feel like for a second I was like, I don't know if this logo fits with this trailer. I don't like the logo at all. I, I mean, really don't I, like the logo, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, as a as a fan of the comics and the fact that it's so comic booky and so close to what the comics yeah. logo is, I like the logo. I don't think that that logo fit with the tone of that trailer. No, yeah, that's um, what I meant. That, yeah. yeah, I think that it w- if it were a different Daredevil tone... Yeah. Then yeah. I think it could totally fit. I just don't think it fits with the tone yeah. of the trailer. But I, I guess I appreciate the fact that they're they're basically aiming for the first superhero show that could win an Emmy. The first superhero show that would be put up against you know Game of Thrones and House of Cards, and maybe it will fall short of that or whatever. But I'm appreciating that they're attempting it because none of the other ones have really tried. So I'm looking forward to it. 
I feel like Arrow could have, like... Arrow was always to... held back by the fact that it was on CW. I mean, like, I love Arrow, but, like, it, it always has to have those, you know, shipping moments. It always has to be a little bit lighter and not... Like, it, 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 he was killing people in season one, and they really weren't dealing with it in a mature way. Yeah, so, it, yeah, we'll see what, what happens. Of course, I'm going to watch... I will probably watch the whole show regardless of how much I like it. Yeah. And I hope that it's great. Mm. I am not 100% convinced that it's going to be great. But we'll mm. see. Alright, so if you want to contact us and check out more of our content, you can see our content at Superhero TV Pod on Twitter, where we update it daily with superhero TV news and movie news. Um, and you can also check out our blogs, cartercast.wordpress.com and smallscreenjustice.wordpress.com. And if you'd like to have your opinion of the show or of uh, any of the shows we follow um, read on the show, uh, please email smallscreenjustice at gmail.com. We cover Gotham, The Flash, Arrow, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Agent Carter. You can also please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, we would really appreciate that. And CarterCast will be back next week. <laughs>